Hey, what's up everybody? Happy Saturday. Hope everybody's weekend is going well. Oh my goodness, we got a whole bunch to talk about. We're coming back strong, man. We're coming back strong. Hopefully getting some guests in here soon so everybody can learn a little bit of backstory from these crazy people. (laughs) Yes, but for this week, we couldn't have picked a better time to come back with loaded industry news. Marvel had so much stuff going on this week. Of course, Warner Brothers, Netflix had a ton of stuff. Big deals going on at Universal. Uh, I, a lot of casting news, so you know we got it all. You know exactly, we got it all. Exactly, exactly. And this week's top five is Meryl Streep movies. Ooh. Damn, it's going to be difficult, man. It's going to be difficult. Well, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 165 this week. Oh, pumped. So super freaking pumped. I mean, seriously, we picked a great week to come back if you're a Marvel fan, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, Black Widow, Loki, just so much. Feige was talking up a storm. I mean, we're going to have all that information. And so you can't have, you know, Disney kicking it without Netflix kicking it. And then Warner. I mean, this is going to be an exciting show. It is. It is. And, man, I've honestly missed coming back and talking about the industry news every single week because there was a lot of shit that went down. (laughs) Some other cancellations that we are sad to see go yes that make no sense but it's okay y'all got our opinions on twitter so it's fine it's absolutely fine it's true but you guys know your host with the most myself jlo fantastic and the one and only mouth what's up guys we've been teasing the industry news like crazy i know you're ready but before we get this thing started be sure to head over to our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear there's new merchandise out right now so be sure to get it while supplies last we got something for everybody man the whole entire family could be rocking some crazy (laughs) merch and it would look damn good without doubt without doubt now we're just going to address the big elephant in the room before we get started. For anybody that's watching on YouTube, uh, yes, I have bandages on my face in a couple of different places. Uh, the reason behind that is because I had a couple of biopsies done and they are checking, doing some testing for cancer. It's a rare hereditary cancer uh, called Torre Muir syndrome. So um, that's what it is, and uh, if you have any questions about that or anything, feel free to comment, and I can tell you a little bit more about it, but uh, I just wanted to put that out there so that people didn't comment going, what the hell's going on with his face, why has he got bandages on and everything, so I just wanted to address that, and uh, hey, be aware, if you've got some stuff you're a little skeptical about or you're not too sure about, go get tested, make sure it's very important to get on shit like that early, so uh, that's why I wanted to share with you what's going on, and I appreciate all the feedback that I've gotten already from everybody, Uh, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now, because y'all know I'm blind as fuck, and the lights bother me, I'm going back to my normal gear. That's right. <laughs> and nothing is confirmed yet, so we just want to put that out there either. Nothing is confirmed. We're just He's just testing right now. So That's right. Everything's That's right. good. Should so. have results maybe by next week's show. Uh, I'm staying positive, though. It is very, very rare. So, uh, you know... We'll see. We'll see. But uh, just send positive vibes our way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we got some sad news to start off with. This one sucks, man. This was huge because this guy was behind some epic, epic films back in the day. Mm. Richard Donner, director, producer, 
the man, the myth, the legend himself. Yeah. Best known for helming the original Superman film. I mean, we're talking about Lethal Weapon as well. And the Goonies died this week. Yeah. He was 91. Yeah, the Omen. So many. De- this one hit me extremely hard, y'all. You you guys have heard me talk about it before. Superman the movie. That's my favorite movie of all time. It's my very first movie I ever saw in the theaters. The tagline for that from Richard Donner was, You'll believe a man can fly. As an eight-year-old boy, I believed that man could fly. Uh, and it's the film that made me want to be a filmmaker. That movie magic, that spark, that's like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. So, And, I mean, Kevin Feige had a really moving tribute to him. You guys know Jeff Johns and Kevin Feige both worked for him, uh, underneath him. Guys, no, no Superman the movie. There is no MCU. There is no DCEU. There's no 89 Batman or the Dark Knight trilogy. None of that exists without Superman, the movie. Uh, And Donner is responsible for that. And then, like you said, he just went on for so many huge... The Goonies? I mean, come on, it's a fucking all-time classic classic. film. I I mean, and then the Lethal Weapon series, The Omen. Remember that scary-ass, like, creepy fucking smile? And that, like, the... I mean, there's no creepy smiles in movies without (laughs) Richard Donner. Like, this guy just... I mean, and and if you hadn't followed on social media, I mean, the the outpouring of, you know, uh, just words about him and, and the loss that it was it, it was huge and i know i took it pretty hard man i mean yeah. that guy's legendary yeah seriously man it's crazy mm. absolutely crazy you never know when it's going to be tomorrow is not promised so live today although 91 was pretty damn good yeah <laughs> seriously seriously and i mean quentin tarantino is also doing some stuff yeah he has announced that he has purchased los angeles vista theater tarantino said that he thinks boutique cinemas will actually thrive in this time and then announced that he purchased purchased the Vista Theater in Los Feliz uh, with plans to reopen around Christmas. I'm super excited about that one because, I mean, this theater has been around since like 1923 or something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah. So, I mean, to bring it back to life and to give it a new ownership and for definitely someone who appreciates classic cinema, this is the perfect guy for it. Exactly, exactly. And he said in those statements too that he thought some of these giant theaters that were closing probably deserved to close because they've taken away a lot of the magic that the cinema was supposed to be um and thanks for getting on train with me uh quentin because i've been saying it for over a year that i thought the small theaters were gonna make a comeback during this and uh he listens uh, he listens he listens he's the great minds thing <laughs> i'm gonna stick with that you go quentin all right definitely uh disney i mean yeah you know guys it, it, what happened this weekend oh Oh, yeah, the long-awaited final debut of Black Widow, that little thing. Oh, yeah, well, guys, and make no mistake, we've been calling this forever, and it's happening. Black Widow marked the return of the Marvel movies to the cinema after the big old long COVID-era absence, Uh, and there's clearly been a lot of pent-up demand because the film grossed $13.2 million on Thursday night, grossed $39.5 million yesterday, and is widely dominating the box office right now. It's on pace to bring in between $85 and $100 million at the North American box office, besting the $70 million by F9, and it sensed the high-water mark for films released during the pandemic. It'll, It'll shatter all those records. The film's also been made of 
available to fans day and date on Disney Plus, uh, where audiences are able to watch the movie from their home for 30 bucks. Now that could bring down a lot of people were thinking this movie would hit over a hundred million. Maybe, maybe not, but it's also doing fairly well from what we understand on Disney plus, which could, if it misses the hundred million dollar mark be because of that. Either way, Disney's all the way to the bank. I mean, this just proves time and time and time again, Marvel kicks ass. People want Marvel. People want to watch it in the theaters and, and, and we saw it. I fucking loved it. It was great. <laughs> I mean, one of my all-time favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, I definitely think it was one of the best Marvel movies out there, which is saying a lot. I mean, there's a lot of flack about Taskmaster and his costume and his backstory. Their backstory, I should say. And, I mean, you know, I thought it was really good, though. I thought it was a really good Marvel movie. I, the, the fight scenes were, like, irreplaceable. I thought they were amazing. Oh, yeah, they were fantastic. And, and Taskmaster's ability to mirror and, and, and duplicate exactly. The fight scenes with that were just freaking epic about how... And look, guys, get over it. You know, you got to make some liberties, take some liberties in the movies to make it make sense for the movies, right? So they changed up Taskmaster a little bit. We're not going to tell you what, but you'll see. And so what? It worked. It kicked ass. It still was a great uh, you know, film. I nobody mean. said shit about uh, Red Guardian being her dad and dad figure instead of her lover. Yeah. I mean, they changed that. Nobody had a problem with that. So, like, get over the Taskmaster No, shit. it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. <laughs> this next one's by no surprise because we've said this time in and time out. Every single thing that either is Marvel or Star Wars that debuts with high anticipation is going to break these records. Right. So, the latest one being Loki. It delivered Marvel's biggest series premiere on Disney Plus yet. According to the Nielsen streaming ratings, the first episode of Loki racked up 731 million minutes of viewing time, uh, significantly higher than the premieres of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which gathered in uh, 495 million uh, minutes, and WandaVision, which gathered in uh, 434 minutes earlier this year. Now, Loki, which premiered on Wednesday nights, uh, June 9th, also had two extra days to gather viewers right. uh, as a result of the Disney Plus switching the release dates for its originals from Fridays to Wednesdays. Uh, more than 14 million Disney Plus accounts watched the premiere based on its 52-minute runtime. And, mm. I mean, I gotta say... I mean, Loki might be my favorite Marvel show that they've put out so far. I mean, they do significantly keep raising the bar, Every time. don't they? And guys, if you've been watching all of them, WandaVision, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, and there is no mistake they are setting up the Young Avengers because a Young Avenger or some Young Avengers have been in every show. Yeah. So if you're paying attention, the Young Avengers are coming. And if you don't have any clue what I'm talking about, in Loki... It's young Loki. He he's a young Avenger. Just go back, watch them all. Oh, and hey, here's a little newsflash for you. In the final episode of WandaVision, they changed the final scene. Yeah. What? Go back and watch it. I'm just saying they're checking that shit out. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um. Ooh. You know what else dropped this week that was super exciting? You've been hearing about it forever. What if? Right. The animated, the first Marvel MCU animated show. Well, they dropped the trailer for it. Uh, it's going to be badass. And they also announced the release date, August 11th. So next week's the end of Loki. Don't worry. What if's coming right after it? It's going to be badass. So new episodes are going to drop on Disney Plus every Wednesday because that appears to be the new thing now. The animated series is going to rip the Marvel multiverse wide open, setting up unlimited possibilities for what fans could ultimately see. 
Each chapter of the 10-episode season will explore a pivotal moment from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that has been radically changed. Now, we told you about this before. Jeffrey Wright's going to voice the Watcher, an extraterrestrial being who observes the multiverse but vows not to interfere with any of the events. We've also told you that a wide array of MCU veterans are returning to actually voice the characters. This includes the late King himself, Chadwick Boseman, and this will be his final appearance as Black Panther. Um... So that's going to be worth it right there. (laughs) I mean, if you're asking me. And then so many more of them are coming back. However, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. not included in the voice cast. They were recast for their animated characters. So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, and I mean, the guy that uh, voiced, I mean, he did a pretty good Robert Downey Jr. I I thought so. I mean, it wasn't bad at all. And I also like how it's more anime style like the graphics are more anime style rather than just animation style so i'm very excited about that because everybody knows i love the anime and now and it looks to be getting interesting over at marvel uh with what if this is just a tip of the iceberg when it comes to marvel studios animation output Uh, oh dana vasquez uh emberhart who is marvel studios executive production and development said quote this is just the first of many amazing animation series from kevin feige led outfit so that's interesting because we had not heard that before we we knew what if but there was no talk about anything after what if right feige confirmed that would be multiple seasons but we didn't know yeah more is gonna happen after that yeah so so what and i'm super pumped does that mean spinoffs from what if because howard the duck is in Right? And remember, they were supposed to have a Howard the Duck series from Kevin Smith, and that kind of got canned or whatever. But will we see Howard the Duck show up in an animated series? Because that would be badass. It would be badass. Feige didn't say any of that, but he is talking. He was talking a lot this week. He did confirm recently that in the past, as you guys know, Marvel made headlines for expansive multi-picture deals with people like Samuel L. Jackson to sign on for nine pictures way back in 2009. Chris Evans and others uh, signed six-picture deals. Well, guess what? Those types of deals apparently... Not the norm for Marvel anymore. Not happening anymore. Uh, Feige said, quote, It varies project to project, cast to cast. Really what we want to do now are we want people to come in that are excited to be in the universe and are excited at the opportunity to do more things as as opposed to being locked into contractual obligations. We were talking about this. I mean, I guess that makes sense. You want somebody that wants to do multiple films, right, as opposed to feels like they have to do multiple films because they're locked into these huge contracts. But on the flip side of that, we were talking, it might be getting more tricky because of Disney Plus Marvel series. Now, how do you do a multiple picture deal with, well, some of it's going to be on the stream or some of it's going to be in the theaters and... Feige even mentioned Disneyland and Disney World signing contracts with Tom Holland most recently for Spider-Man to appear in one of the rides at, at, you know, Avengers Campus. So, I mean, you have to be a fucking rocket scientist to figure out how to sign multi-picture deals with all of that shit going on. I mean, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Well, there's so many things revolving around this subject that are very interesting. First being, in this statement, he says that we don't want to feel like the actors are locked in. Well, every single actor that has been attached to a Marvel film love every second of it. So I feel like you can just throw that out the window. They're completely fine with it. I think it's because of, I mean... 
renegotiate i think they should bring this back because renegotiating contracts like every couple years or ever after every film or after every tv show that's just going to get very tedious and going to take a lot of time rather than just do it all at once after like five or six years so you know i'm i'm it's an interesting thing it's an interesting thing it's probably easier for him but you know i have a theory on this I have a very specific theory on this. I agree with you. I think it should be the way it was. But I have a theory why Feige changed it. And I'm just going to say it. Emily Blunt. She does not want to be locked down to multiple films. She said that numerous times. Krasinski doesn't give a shit. But Blunt does. And they want that as to the Fantastic Four. And I'm thinking Feige is worth sacrificing. Okay, we won't lock you to multiple films. We'll sign you to for one film, goddammit. Just come and be Sue Richards with your husband being Reed. That's my theory. I think he's, he, he's walking that back so that they can negotiate and get that done. Because Fantastic Four is supposed to be coming. Yeah. So Well, and it's also very, like scary because you think about marvel they're always thinking ten thousand years ahead yeah yeah and i mean with this new thing with this new contract negotiations it'd be very hard to do that because what if they have a bad experience and or don't want to do this again then they're going to have to rethink storyline yeah so i mean so it's just a whole bunch of moving parts with these new contract negotiations it's It's crazy man it's crazy but sim inclusivity is coming to marvel yes executive vice president of film production victoria alonzo announced that a lot more lgbtq representation is coming to the mcu now she said quote it just takes time we have so many stories that we can tell we will empower those that are we're not changing anything we're just showing the world who these people are in real life so who these characters are as well there's a lot that we have coming up that I think will represent the world of today. I like that. I, I, I love the approach. The, the Loki being queer went over massively well with, with audiences. With being bisexual. Yeah, and, and, and I think that, that you know, it makes sense. You know, there's long been rumors that we were going to see uh, something in Thor, uh, the next Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, along those storylines. Um and yeah, I mean, it just totally makes sense and good for Marvel for leading the way. That's always been a high initiative of Bob Iger's with Disney and Hole. So, um, you know, good. That's the way it should be. <laughs> Definitely. Was he bisexual in the comics at all? Oh, uh, lo- yes. It's okay. always been. It's always been. Yeah, Loki was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, never like came out and said this is how i but yeah he's he's been a woman before he's been you know it, like unlike the series where female loki is actually a different look in the comic book it was him being he a woman changes, he just yeah. changed into a woman so yeah it's always been fluid and in, in, in there so okay hey we can't talk everything marvel right disney is not all marvel it's also star wars <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Disney Plus unveiled the first look at its new anime, because I, I know you're excited about this one because you love the anime-type style. Uh, they're having an anime anthology series, Star Wars Visions, coming into the platform on September 22nd. Disney Plus announced that seven Japanese anime studios that are behind the short films in the series, Kamikaze Doga, Geno Studios, Studio Colorido, 
Trigger, Kinema Citrus, Science Saru, and Production IG. Mm. Now, each one of these studios will employ their signature animation and storytelling styles to deliver their own visions of the Star Wars universe. Oh. That's going to be badass. Yeah, that's very interesting. That makes me wonder if they're going to start their own, like, multiverse type thing, like, where they have these standalone stories that have nothing to do with the actual Star Wars timeline that we're in right now. So that's very interesting. And I mean, anime is just getting more and more popular oh, yeah. into pop culture. So by no surprise, I'm very excited. Yeah, very I love excited. this idea because I feel, I feel like the success of Rogue One is what led to The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And then clearly the success of The Mandalorian, like you said, is gonna. I think it's going to spin off all these in different parts of the timeline thing. I mean, I'm all for that. Exactly. Me all too. For that. Me too. Uh, Disney Animation Studios has released the first trailer for Encanto, uh, which releases this November, marking Disney's 60th animated feature. The Columbia-set film is to follow a family member uh, who uh, possesses magical powers like super strength, uh, shape-shifting, and the abilities to control animals and plants. Damn, Mm. what can't this guy do? (laughs) Uh, However, Maribel, voiced by Brooklyn Nine-Nine and In the Heights star, Stephanie Beretta's is the only person not to possess a special gift in this family. When she discovers that her family's magic might be under threat, she realizes that she is the only one that can save it. The film is directed by Brian Howard, uh, so Byron Howard, and Jared Bush, co-directed and co-written by Charlize Castro-Smith, and features music written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, well, there you go. Exactly. I mean, it, it's Disney, it's animation, and it's got Lin. It's going to be huge. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Hey, this guy known for animation, right? Carlos Saladana, director of Ice Age, Ice Age The Meltdown, and Rio. Well, he's making the leap out of animation, apparently. He's set to direct his first live-action feature, 100 Days, for the ambition ambitious new Brazilian shingle Ventre Studio and that's going to be under Buena Vista International uh, Disney created as the theatrical feature 100 Days it's going to be an adventure drama for family audiences and is actually inspired by the extraordinary true story of a Brazilian Amir Klink, who in 1984 at the age of 29 became the first person to cross the South Atlantic in a rowboat mm. After many people apparently had died attempting to do so. Very interesting. Cross the South in a rowboat. <laughs> Damn. It's going to be intense, man. <laughs> I mean, seriously. How luck. do you even do that? Like, All right. It's so funny. Well, we'll know because we're going to get a movie about it. So, exactly. Damn. Exactly. This next one, I mean, it's already, I have two thoughts about it, but I'll read it first. Uh, Curtis <laughs> 50 Cent Jackson is getting back into the non-scripted business with hip-hop competition format, Unwrapped. Now, the series is in development at ABC from Jackson's G-Unit Film and Television. The show is a hip-hop talent format where celebrity contestants, coached by iconic hip-hop mentors, go head-to-head in rap battles until a king or queen is crowned and casting is underway. Now, two thoughts. One, they've already done this on Netflix, but Netflix doesn't know how to market some shit, so this makes sense. It's going to get way more marketing on ABC, and 50 Cent has a good relationship with ABC. Two... You can't cuss on ABC, so how are you going to involve hip-hop competition series without cussing? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Of course, I mean, you can rap without cussing, but it's just not as fun. So. No, no. Yeah, I, I, which celebrities? That's what I'm really curious about. Which celebrities are you going to bring in to do it? I bet we see the unbleeped version on Hulu. 
Yeah. Right, right. I mean, that could be a way to do it, yeah. right? Like, just censor it on ABC, and then the next day, the, the uncensored version shows up on Hulu. That would be badass. Yeah. Just throwing that out there for you guys. Just catch James that. James Corden should be on because he does like a whole rapping thing on oh his my show. God. Yeah. So that would only yeah. make sense. I, I, I just love this, man. It's a great idea. You know what else I love? Not a rapper, but I'm sure he could rap because the man can do literally anything he wants to. Hulu's released a trailer for McCartney 321. It's a six-episode series featuring... Paul McCartney, as if you had to guess, and Rick Rubin that premieres in July uh, 16th, just right around the corner. In the trailer, McCartney and Rubin discuss the stories behind um, iconic songs, including Come Together, All My Loving, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, With a Little Help from My Friends, Maybe I'm Amazed, and more. All written by McCartney, if you didn't know. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, this is going to be epic. Everybody's kind of jumping on this documentary type stuff with all these music people. And they've all, I've watched all of them, all over the different streamers, and they're all fantastic. Yeah, exactly. I'm all in on this one. Yeah, I'm excited too because I really like Rick Rubin. I mean, with his invention of um, Run DMC of Def Jam, of course. Oh, yeah. But then, I mean, this guy goes from, like, Godsmack to, like, all this different other shit. So, I mean, he's the perfect guy to talk to about anything music. But him and Paul McCartney, I feel like that'll be a good chemistry meshup. And not and not one that people would expect. No. Even more so why it's going to be so good. I exactly. mean, yeah. Exactly. Well, Paul... Ben Victor, best known from The Irishman, has been tapped for a recurring role opposite of Lily James and Sebastian Stan and Seth Rogen in Pam and Tommy, Hulu's limited series based on the true story behind the release of their first ever viral video, the sex tape of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Uh, Nick Offerman also stars, and Ben Victor, he's going to play a super lawyer, Richard Aldean, who enters the fray on Pam and Tommy's behalf, confident, powerful, and is always right until he's wrong. Mm. <laughs> so that'll be a very interesting one. I'm really looking forward to this one. Every time they release new pictures of Lily James as Pamela, I'm just blown away. Right. I mean, this thing looks like it is going to be so good. Agreed. Um, American Horror Stories. That's Hulu's American Horror Story spinoff anthology series. Well, they're welcoming some fresh and returning faces. Uh, American Horror Story alums Matt Bomer, Billy Lord, and John Carroll uh, Lynch are all set to return to the wicked world of Ryan Murphy's horror franchise as they round out the cast of the spinoff. Bomer, Lord, and Lynch are all set to play Michael, Liv, and Whitley, and Larry Bitterman, respectively. Now, Aaron Velt, Paris Jackson, Madison Bailey, and Virginia Gardner will also appear throughout the series. And get this, Danny Trejo is apparently going to show up as Santa. Yes. Danny Trejo as Santa. You have to tune in and watch just for that. I'm just saying. And when can you do that? Uh, July 15th. So again, right around the corner. Danny Trejo as Santa. That's hilarious. I, I mean, can't wait to see that. I mean, he's going to have a machete? Yeah. Like, like, oh, my God. It's going to be so good. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Well, Cruel Summer creator Burt V. Royal is no longer affiliated with his series. Oh. According to sources, Royal departed the series after the pilot finished filming last year due to creative differences. He will still be credited as creator and executive producer for the first season, but it is unclear what his credit will be for season two at this time. Now, uh... 
Satya Napolado uh, remains on board as the series as the executive producer and showrunner. Cruel Summer received a second season order back in June. And you guys know it stars Olivia Holt, Char- uh, Michael Landon's Froy Grutes, Harley Quinn Smith. I mean, a whole bunch of people, guys. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this one, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about this one, so we'll see how the second season does. I'm happy they're giving it a chance, though, because not a, not a, a lot of networks and streaming services don't give shows chance before they give it the boot. So. Yeah, and especially these mystery-type shows, you have to let it build. Exactly. You have to give it some run to let people, you know. Uh, ESPN, also Disney-owned, in case you didn't know. The, right. Boy, they've been having some crazy shit going on with anchors arguing and all kinds of bad stuff. But they do have some good news coming up. Apparently, I love you, Rachel Nichols. That's right. Stay strong. All right. So apparently, though, they do have some good news, okay? They struck a new 12-year deal with the All England Long Tennis Club. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with that, Wimbledon. That's Wimbledon, baby. That expands the company's ability to show the iconic Wimbledon Tennis Championships. Now, the new pack, which begins in 2024, uh, championships extends through the 2035 championships, and it calls for more matches to be shown on both ESPN's Disney sibling ABC as well as on ESPN Plus, its subscription-branded service. Now, under the terms of the deal, ESPN Plus will live stream all courts at Wimbledon during the event and will be the only outlet that you will feature full replays for all of the matches that's badass that is pretty cool because half the time you don't you you have to choose which you want to watch and you can't watch them all but now you will be able to watch them all so that's gonna be epic yeah completely agree man completely agree well now heading over to warner media oscar nominated filmmaker greta gerwig is officially signed on to direct warner brothers upcoming film Barbie. Uh, the highly anticipated by some people, I guess. Big screen take on the iconic Motel Dolls story uh, starring Margot Robbie. That's why. That's why. That's why it's highly uh, anticipated. Gerwig has been on board the project since back in 2019 when the actor and filmmaker signed on to co-write the movie's script. Noah Bombach, uh, not much, has been revealed about the movie's plot, though, but Robbie has previously stated that the movie served as a great opportunity to put some positivity out into the world and a chance to be a, a spir- inspirational for younger kids. Okay. I mean, it, hey. It's not for us. I, That's I'm, what it no, is. Yeah, yeah. The, the audience is not for us. So no, it makes sense. no. But like Margot Robbie did a YouTube video of literally just sitting in a hammock reading Australian words. I don't even want to tell you the viewer count. It's insane how many people watched it. So... That they'll go watch it. They'll Makes go watch sense. this film. I mean, hey, it, it's something for everybody, right? Robin Givens, most recently from Riverdale, has been tapped for a key role on the upcoming third season of the CW's Batwoman. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Givens, a new series regular on the drama, will play Jada Jet, a powerful CEO for Jet Industries. Now, Jada isn't bossy. She's the boss. Mm. Oh, okay. Passionate and hardworking, a woman who has worked her way through life's ups and downs to climb her way to the top, all while being extremely protective over her impetuous son. Now, a woman with a deep past that forced her to give up her firstborn child, Jada is a woman with a good heart, but will do whatever it takes to protect her family. So that sounds to me like she's, her intentions are good, 
but she's probably a bad guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what it sounds like, right? Yeah. I'm excited, though. I'm excited. Season two was great. I mean, especially with Javicia taking over the helm. Yes. So I'm like, I'm super pumped, man. I'm super pumped. Yes. Well, now, <laughs> the Game of Thrones prequel series, House of the Dragon, at HBO, has cast Millie Alcock and Emily Carey in recurring roles. House of the Dragon is set a hundred years prior of the events of game of thrones like we've told you before and it's telling the story of house targaryen the breeders of dragons basically the family of dragons yes. but i'm super excited about it because like i said they have multiple freaking spinoffs of this thing in the works hopefully they won't overdo it but i have faith i have faith hey you know what they they're also doing which i'm completely baffled by but hey they're gonna give it a try anyway hbo max's reboot of pretty little liars yeah what yeah. I don't Gossip mm. Girl just premiered on HBO Max this week. Yeah, the and new one. So mm, I don't know, but they're doing Pretty Little Liars. In case you didn't know, and if you didn't know, shame on you because we told you. Uh, it's found apparently its first two cast members, Chandler Kinney and Maya Rafiko, have both been cast in the series, which is titled Pretty Little Liars original sin oh. oh now in addition lisa soper has come on board to direct the first two episodes of the series now kenny's gonna play tabby an aspiring director and horror movie buff mm. like the other pretty little liars tabby's hiding a secret rafiko will play noah a striving sardonic track star who works hard to get her life back to normal after a summer spent in juvenile detention mm. oh very interesting. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, original sin. So I'm guessing this is like a prequel. That's what it sounds like. I mean, I, I don't. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. <laughs> uh, Lily Rabe uh, has been cast opposite of Jeff C. Plummond in the HBO Max's original limited series, Love and Death. Now, mm. this show follows two church-going couples enjoying their lives in a small-town family life in Texas. At least they do until something, someone picks up the axe yes now the series is based on a true story of a texas housewife uh candy montgomery who was murdered by a friend from church betty gore with an axe in 1980 we've told you about this one yep and we all know who the murderer is going to be wanda herself elizabeth olsen yes <laughs> i'm so excited to see her just like be evil right it's gonna be so badass i, I mean i'm excited about that one uh let's see vincent verminion has joined the cast of hbo max's the staircase which also stars previously announced series regulars colin firth tony collette rosemary dewitt juliet Binoche, parker posey uh, uh odessa young patrick schwarzenegger and olivia dijon sophie turner man who's not in this one right now in this limited series verminion will play Jean Xavier, director of the documentary of The Staircase. Mm. Oh, so it's a, I guess, a story within the story. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I love that. I love okay. that. Uh, right. Jeff Goldblum has been asked to join the cast of Search Party Season oh. 5 over at HBO Max. Goldblum will uh, appear in a recurring role as Tunnel Quinn, a charismatic tech billionaire, so himself, uh, <laughs> who enters a very public business partnership with Dory. Uh, so, I mean, you know, on the other side of her near-death experience, she folds her old friends, Portia and Elliot and Drew, into a venture that they embark on a crazy, terrifying journey. Mm. So, sounds intense, man. It does sound, but hey, Goldblum. 
Yeah. So he's the calming presence in everything, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> like if you need to keep calm, that's Goldblum. Hey, pause with Sam J. Apparently has been renewed for a second season by HBO. The late night series debuted its first season this past May, and uh, it's making one of the premium cablers' newest talk show offerings. I guess it did pretty well too. Created by stand-up comedian and writer host Sam J. Duh. And Prentice Penny, pause with Sam J. Uses a fresh lens to plunge into divisive cultural issues mm. and i think that's the way to do it comedy yeah. is the way to do that i think it's it's a smart way it's entertaining gets people to talk but kind of also keeps it okay so, agreed yeah agreed now this next one this is one of the ones i was talking about that gets canceled mm. way too fast this thing was very popular but i'm sure was a money pit so that's probably why lovecraft country is not being renewed for a second caesar season over <laughs> caesar salad at uh, hbo the series debuted first and now only and season in august of 2020 the move not to proceed with more of the series is not altogether unexpected the show was based on a solo novel of the same name by matt ruff hbo has made similar decisions with other series such as big little lies but i think that's just an excuse because like i said <laughs> everybody was talking about this thing when it was aaron so i'm just kind of surprised hey but hey at least one of the stars is going to be okay and we'll tell you about that coming up yeah, in a little right? bit later in the news i'm super excited about this one because i was a huge Mad Men fan and i'm a huge fletch fan so this is gonna be fantastic john slatterday adi and mary and lorenzo izzo and annie momulo have joined the cast of confess fletch now that's starring why am i excited john ham as fletch so that would reunite uh slatterly and ham right for the reboot that closely fouls the apparently the plot of the classic original mystery mo- uh, novel guy in the 1980s film that Chevy Chase starred in. Ham is set to star as Fletcher, the hotshot investigative reporter played by Chevy Chase in the 1985 neo-noir comedies. I'm super pumped about this because, like I said, I loved those movies. I thought they were hilarious, and I'm a huge John Hamm and Slatterly fan, so I think it's going to be epic. Definitely. <laughs> definitely for Viacom CBS. It's going to be very epic. Yes, um, yes. Mayor of Easttown, ha- actor Jack Mulhern, and Forrest Goodluck is also known for starring opposite of Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. Uh, Big Sky actress Natalie Aylin Lind and newcomer Isabella Star LeBlanc are the latest to join Paramount's upcoming Pet Cemetery installment. The follow-up will act as a prequel and will Ooh. stream exclusively on Paramount Plus, a move that we told you back in February about. But again, another reboot. Yes, kind yes. of. I mean, it's supposed to be a prequel, but I mean, we told you the description before, and it sounds like the same fucking story. So. Uh, I mean, it really does. Uh, I, I, so, mm, yeah, originals, guys, originals. I do like those cast members. Though. I do too. All right, Alex Tarrant and Enver Gijoki have joined the cast of CBS's NCIS Hawaii. Now, I'm super excited because, as you guys know, the latter from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he was awesome, and uh, Agent Carter, so that's going to be awesome. The duo joined previously announced cast members Vanessa Lachey, Yasmin El Bustamante, Jason Atun, Noah Mills, Tori Anderson, and Kian Talon. Now, in the show, the first female special agent in charge of NCIS Pearl Harbor, which is going to be played by Lachey, and her team balanced duty to family 
family and country while investigating high-stakes crimes involving military personnel, national security, and the mysteries of the island itself. Mm. Now, Tarrant will star as Kai. Kai provides the team with a unique superpower because he can blend into any part of the islands. Why? Because he's a local and a native. Oh, okay. Joaki will star as Navy Captain Joe Millis, a high-ranking commander of Pacific Fleet who arrives when a top-secret experimental aircraft crashes into a cliff, killing the pilot. Now, he maintains that it was an accident, and he's intent on protecting the honor of the dead officer. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that sounds really intense. Yeah, and you know what? The, the, what's different about this one that I that I that I remember reading just recently is this is the first NCI spinoff that will not be presented as a backdoor pilot with an episode on one of the original shows. It's just full out, just debuting with no. So that's interesting. That is very interesting yeah. because I mean, you guys know they like to piggyback off of things exactly. like that. So yeah, interesting choice. Interesting choice. I apologize beforehand about this. All of the butchering. Of words actor wilmer valdemira and his banner wv entertainment have optioned graphic novel as Colum uh, for development via their overall deal with cbs studios the plan is to now undertake a search t- for a scribe to add a of the material into a series. Now, Wilmer will serve as executive producer and while producer or and executive producer while the company's Caitlin Saltzman will serve as co-executive producer. It's going to be written by Eduardo Anser and the show is going to be described as a epic fantasy based on the Aztec myth of the five sons. Oh, uh, told okay. from multiple perspectives it follows the royals warriors and rogues in the race to gather the mask of the elemental gods that harness their powers for their competing efforts to prevent or provoke the collapse of the current world order damn that's some illuminati shit yeah that's crazy but i i love wilmer i think it's gonna be good i think he's really talented and really attaches himself to good shit so i think that's gonna be a good one yeah i'm just gonna say it all right i'm super excited about this one uh I love the Kings. I think they're fantastic. All their shows. I'm currently watching the the, the newest season of The Good Fight, which fucking fantastic if you guys aren't watching it you should be viacom cbs announced this week that robert and michelle king have extended their five-year overall deal with cbs studios for their king-sized productions and the company has renewed evil for a third season at paramount plus Guys, if you haven't checked that one out, that's fucking badass also, okay? In May, Viacom CBS announced that the second season of Evil would premiere uh, on Paramount Plus, moving from CBS, which Viacom CBS launched, uh, remember, as the new Paramount Plus, the former CBS All Access. Now, uh, the show revolves around the investigations into demonic activities, or are they, by Catholic Church assessor David uh, who's, by the way, uh, is Luke Cage, uh, Power Man, Mike yes. Coulter himself, forensic psychologist Kirsten, and tech guy skeptic Ben, and the evil doing of their gleefully nasty foal, Leland Townsend, mm. who you might remember as the ultimate baddie on Lost or Person of Interest. Uh, all of, he, that's freaking fantastic. I love him too. So I'm super pumped. I love that the Kings are sticking around. I hope we see a lot more stuff from them. Uh, and like I said, check out Good Fight and Evil. <laughs> Do it, man. Do, Do it. it. Well, the offer, the Paramount Plus drama series that will go behind the scenes of the making of The Godfather, is adding over a dozen actors to its cast. 
Byrne Gorman has been cast in the series regular role of Charles Bulldorn, uh, a vigilante head of Gulf and Western, and Justin Chambers as Marlon Brando, Ooh. the legendary Oscar winner and greatest actor of his generation, if not all time. Patrick Gallo as Mario Puzo, author of The Godfather and Oscar winning co-writer of the films. Josh Zuckerman as Peter Bart, a legendary Hollywood executive and journalist. Mm. Meredith Gar. Gerritsen, uh, Gerritsen uh, as Ali McGraw, the famous actress at the beginning of her career. Nora Enziter as Francis, Fran, uh, Francois. Francois Glazer, owner of the Chattanooga uh, Marymount and wife of Al Bundy. Al Rundy. Ruddy. <laughs> Uh, Paul McCrane as Jack Ballard, head of physical production at Paramount Pictures. Anthony Scoridi as Carlo Gambino, the infamous mafioso and head of the five five, uh, crime families. And Jack Canavity as Caesar, a loyal Colombio family soldier. James Mario as Gino's soldier in the Colombio crime family. And just a whole bunch more guys. Yeah, everybody is even super Lou Ferrigno. Excited. I'm yeah. super pumped that we're going to see Lou Ferrigno, even if he has been dogging the MCU. I'm just happy to see him again. And this is going to be an interesting one. Luca Brasi in the role. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Frank John Hughes as Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have to try to pull off Frank Sinatra. No, but hey, good for you, man. You keep doing it. The other one that we're always talking about on Showtime, right? Freaking uh, um, the First Lady. This one's going to be huge. And now Kiefer Sutherland, and I would have never thought this, but okay, casting. Kiefer Sutherland will star as President Franklin D. Roosevelt in The First Lady. Gillian Anderson will star opposite Sutherland as Eleanor Roosevelt, the wife and fifth cousin of the president. As we've reported, you guys know that, the series is described as a a relevatory reframing of American leadership told through the lens of the women of the White House. The first season will peel back the curtain on the personal and political lives of Three dynamic first ladies tracing their journeys through Washington. Uh, the first lady will also star, as we guys have told you, Viola Davis as Michelle Obama and O.T. Faberdine as President Barack Obama. Aaron Eckhart's going to play uh, President Gerald Ford alongside Michelle Pfeiffer as Betty Ford and Dakota Fanning as their daughter, Susan. So I'm I would so have never excited. thought Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> as FDR, but no. hey, I mean, okay, all right. I know. I'm so excited for that one. It's going to be so good. Oh, man. Tragic singer. Uh, freaking Amy Winehouse, who died 10 years ago this wow, month, wow. will be honored in a new MTV international documentary, Amy Winehouse and Me, uh, Diani's story. Now, told through the eyes of Winehouse's goddaughter, who is also a singer, the, doc- the documentary will feature never-before-seen archived footage from uh, Broomfields and Winehouse's exploring their relationship between the two women and to pay tribute to their bond. Mm. Now, it's going to be a 60-minute documentary, which was made for MTV, and Andy Mundy Castle of Doc Hearts will drop the 10th anniversary of Winehouse's death in 180 countries outside of the U.S., and it's set to air on Paramount Plus in Australia, Canada, and Latin America, and uh, Nordics later this summer. Mm. So, I feel like that one's going to be a hit, because everybody loved her. She was part of the 
Club 28 or whatever. So. Uh, oh, yeah. And to, and to hear it from the point of view of somebody that was related to her and somebody that, you know, I think it's just going to be really good. I think so, too. Um, okay, jumping over to NBC Universal. Now, this is huge, guys, and could have a potential impact on not just NBC Universal, but also Warner. Okay. Universal will move its pay one window for films from HBO to the Peacock. Uh-oh. Now, the move is another sign of the importance that media conglomerates are placing on bolstering their in-house streaming services as they engage in fierce battles for subscribers. But both Peacock and Universal are owned by Comcast, as you guys know. Universal films have been released on HBO since 2005. Now, Peacock will have access to Universal's most popular franchises, which include the Jurassic World and Fast and Furious films, as well as the Despicable Me movies and spinoffs. New films will appear on the streaming service within four months of their theatrical debut. The new deal will kick off next year, 2022, but is structured somewhat differently than past packs governing the traditional 18-month window. Universal Slate will go to Peacock as, as the pay one partner for the initial four months of the period, as well as the final four months of the window. During the middle 10 months, those films will have be able to be licensed to additional partners who will not have exclusive rights to them. That is a really weird structure, but... I mean, the one that's going to pay HBO because they're going to lose all of it. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, that's interesting, man. But I get it. Everybody's trying to make that move to put stuff on their own streamers. So Exactly. It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy bouncing around from different streaming platforms. Kind of like how Harry Potter bounces back and forth between the Peacock and uh, HBO Max. I yeah. Mean, they kind of, every other month, it's on either one of those. Yeah, weird. Uh, but Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist star, uh, Kapil Tawalker, uh, has been tapped as a series regular in NBC's half-hour pilot, Night Court, a follow-up to the uh, classic legal comedy series that's headed and executive produced by Melissa Raunt. Now, with the original series, John... Uh, Lurick. Uh, Lurick. Uh, reprising his Emmy-winning role, uh, to Walker, it will play Neil, a court clerk, and it's his job to keep things moving, a job that got a lot harder ever since a new idealist judge showed up. <laughs> That's going to be funny, because he's hilarious. Oh, yeah, and I'm super pumped for this show. I was a huge fan of the original. I think this is going to be great. I'm gl- glad that, you know, uh, John Larroquette's coming back. And if you guys don't, you know, um, recognize the name Melissa Ranch, that's Bernadette from uh, Big Bang Theory. So she's gonna, she's freaking epic. So I think it's just gonna be fantastic. Agreed, man. Um, let's see more casting. Kyle McLaughlin will play Howard Baskin in the upcoming Peacock series Joe Exotic. McLaughlin will star opposite series lead Kate McKinnon, who will play Carol Baskin. Now Howard is described as Carol's even killed husband, who supports her throughout the endeavor with that crazy ass Joe. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be crazy, man. I just let this story die. Uh, yes. I'm just gonna keep saying it. Yep. Uh, Rutherford Falls has been renewed for season two at Peacock. The comedy series is about two lifelong best friends, Nathan Rutherford, and uh, played by Ed Helms, and mm. Reagan Wells, played by Jana Seinberging, uh, who find themselves <laughs> at a crossroads quite literally when their sleepy town gets an unexpected wake up call. Uh, Michael Grace uh, and Jesse Lee 
and Dustin Milligan also star. The series has received praise for the fact that it features a large number of indigenous actors as well as several indigenous writers, including the series co-creator Shira Teller Ornelas. So that's very awesome. Everybody needs to be inclusive, and this is a prime example of it. Absolutely. Well done. Well done. And that Milligan guy's got a great first name. Yes. Just yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know what? The Peacock's getting on this bandwagon, too, because why not? Everybody needs a good reality-based show, right? All right, let's do it. And who doesn't love dating shows? <sighs> Peacock has ordered a reality dating series, apparently inspired by Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Mm. The series, titled Pride and Prejudice, an experiment in romance, is an original format that will see a heroine looking for her duke. Now... Transported to a Regency-style England, a group of eligible hopeful suitors will have to win the heart of the heroine and her court. Housed in a castle on the countryside, the heroine and suitors will experience with which dreams are made, uh, everything from carriage rides and boat rides on the lake to archery and handwritten letters to communicate, they will be immersed in a time-traveling quest for love. In the end, the heroine and her suitors will discover if the ultimate romantic experience will find them true love. Mm. What? Right, that's a lot happening. I mean, cool that you're going to put them in a castle in England somewhere. That's fucking badass. But... What? Right. And the question is, will they have some sort of a celebrity being held against their will to sing songs? Michael Bolton. <laughs> Michael Bolton. Free Michael Bolton. That's all I'm saying. Free Michael Bolton, okay? Oh, That's man. <laughs> Now heading over to Sony. Sony Pictures Classics has acquired The Sun, Florin Zeller's follow-up to the, his Oscar-winning feature debut, The Father, mm. uh, which will star Vanessa Kirby, Laura Dern, Hugh Jackman. Uh, the studio acquired the rights for North America and a string of international territories in Asia and Eastern U- Europe. The Sun focuses on Peter, who's played by Jackman, as his busy life with his new partner, Emma, who's played by Kirby, and their baby is thrown up in disarray when his ex-wife, Kate, who's played by Dern, turns up with their teenage son, Nicholas. The young man is troubled, distant, and angry, mm. uh, playing truant and from uh, being truant from school for months. Peter strives to be a better father, searching to help his son with those uh, pr- basically problems and try to find him happiness. But the weight of Nicholas's condition sets a family on a dangerous course. Oh shit! Man, that sounds fuck? intense. But hey, Vanessa Kirby, Hugh Jackman, and Laura Dern. Enough said. Now, right there. That, 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 you don't even need to know what it's about. That right there says it's good. I don't know what else to say. I mean, another one, guys. Stop redoing classics. Another one bites Stop the dust. Stop redoing classics. Did I say that? Stop redoing classics. Bill Condon, the Oscar-winning filmmaker behind Chicago and Dreamgirls and Disney's remake of Beauty and the Beast, is apparently getting ready to take on another famed movie musical. Condon has signed on to direct Guys and Dolls. That's right, guys. You know it. Guys and Dolls, an adaptation of Freck Loosener's Broadway smash, TriStar Pictures, which operates under Sony, acquired the rights back in 2019... Now, if you guys don't remember, this was huge on Broadway, a massive hit, and they also 
made a movie out of it back in 1955, you know, and starred some, uh, you know, little-known people, Marlon Brando, Gene Simmons, and Frank Sinatra, and Vivian Blaine. Yeah. Those guys. Those guys. It was fucking huge. It was great. It was a classic. Why do we, why do we keep fucking with the classics? Stop fucking with the classics. All right, I'm done. Are you sure? sure. uh, Stop (laughs) fucking with the classics. Third time's the charm, man. Third time's the charm. Uh, Heading over to Lionsgate, Power Book Force, uh, the Stars franchise's third spinoff. Uh, but led by Joseph Sikora, has just lost its showrunner, oh. as well as its executive producer and c- creator, Robert Munich. Uh, according to sources, Munich exited the show over creative differences, but the departure is amicable, and it is not expected to impact the production, so... That's Damn. that's rare because I mean from uh, that's been a like a, a tight family. Yeah, exactly. that whole power family there. I mean, so that's interesting. Hmm. I wasn't expecting that. No. Hmm. Okay. Adele Lim, the writer of Crazy Rich Asians and Raya the Last Dragon, is getting ready to make her directorial debut, helming an untitled comedy for Lionsgate and Point Grey Pictures. Now, the R-rated comedy will star Tony and Grammy-nominated actress Ashley Park, who you guys know, she's the best friend to Lily Collins' character on Emily in Paris right now, which is fantastic. And she's on Girls for 5 Eva, which is also pretty funny. The project follows four Asian women as they travel through Asia... No okay. Hmm. Four Asian women in Asia. Hmm. Concept. Okay. In search of one of their birth mothers, along the way, their experience becomes one of bonding, friendship, belongings, and no holds barred wild debauchery, which reveals the universal truth of what is means to know and love who you are. Kind of like sister of the travel, you know, sisterhood of the traveling pants. Yeah. I mean, like these four people that are on a mission and kind of like, I don't know. I mean, right. <laughs> but it sounds interesting. Four Asians traveling through Asia. Yeah. Yeah. Heading <laughs> uh, over to the streaming giant themselves. Netflix and Chandra Rhimes are extending their creative relationship. What? Inked in 2017 beyond television to feature films and gaming. Under the new terms oh. of the expanded deal, uh, which encompasses Rhymes, Shondaland Media, and her longtime producing partner, Betsy Beers, and Netflix and Shondaland will executively produce, stream, and distribute feature films in addition to potential gaming and virtual reality content. Damn. Additionally, Netflix will invest in and offer the financial and technical infrastructure to support Shondaland's mission to create... D-E-I-A, Diversity, Equality, Inclusion, and Accessibility. Programs that can increase industry workplace representation and underrepresented groups. Fantastic. Just applause, guys. Applause all around. That's great. I know that Shonda was very, like, you know, adamant with Ted about getting stuff like that done. So that's fantastic. I I mean, that's really good. And speaking of, Netflix's most expensive film ever. We keep telling you about this one. Well, now we've got some stuff and a release date, and I'm super excited. Red Notice, the upcoming comedic action thriller starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gail Gadot. Enough said why it's the most expensive movie ever made by Netflix. Apparently, it's going to debut on November 12th. Uh, The Rock announced the news on his social media platforms this week. The movie's tagline teases an unlikely trio for the ages. The FBI's top profiler, Dwayne Johnson, and uh, two rival criminals, the world's most wanted art thief, Gail Gadot, and the greatest con man the world has ever seen, Ryan Reynolds. 
I'm so in on this one already. In Red Notice, a daring heist brings the unexpected threesome together and turns the world on its head. Huh. Ryan Reynolds is con man. I'm, I'm in. Right. I'm in. That's going to be fucking hilarious. It is. Like, I hope it's going to be good for him because, like you said, they're paying out a shit ton of oh money. Oh, man. So much money. But, yeah. hey. Yeah. Uh, Uza Adubua and Matthew Broderick are set for two lead roles in Netflix's drama series, Painkiller. The six-episode limited series is about the origins of the opioid crisis in America along with uh, Aduba and Broderick as the series stars West Dertrugvay, uh, Diana Shibai, and John Rothman. Production is set to air later this year in Toronto. <coughs> dope sick ripoff. Kind of. <coughs> Just saying. You know. uh, dope sick ripoff. <laughs> good, good try, Netflix, but no. Uh, just saying. Yeah. Netflix. <laughs> Netflix announced more cast members for Kevin Smith's upcoming series, Masters of the Universe Revelation. I'm so fucking excited for this one. Dennis Haysbert will play King Grayskull. Adam Gifford will play Vicor. And Jay Tavari will play Wondar. The action-packed animated series picks up where the iconic Masters of the Universe characters left off decades ago when I was a wee young man and will premiere on the streamer on July 23rd. I'm so fucking excited for this one. Yeah. The trailer was epic. I know. I can't wait to see what Kevin Smith did with all these. And I mean, freaking with uh, Mark Hamill being fucking, what's his name? The Skull Skeletor. Guy. Yeah. Like, it's just going to be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Netflix debuted uh, its season two trailer for The Witcher and announced that the hit, sh- the hit, the streamer on December 17th. The announcement comes as fans gather virtually at the first ever WitcherCon, a mm. global digital convention presented deep dives into the making of the Witcher games, live action series, and the anime film. Now, it also announced during the virtual event that The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf will hit Netflix on August 23rd. Fans also got a first look at the upcoming anime movie with a new trailer, so that is just super exciting. It tells the story of Vesemir, a young witcher who escapes the life of poverty to slay monsters. Oh, I know. Shit, but that's not it. Netflix's prequel series to The Witcher, The Witcher Blood Origin, has cast some more people too. Sophia Brown and Michelle Yeoh. Oh, from Star Trek Discovery. Fantastic. Brown will play Ellie, an elite warrior who is blessed with the voice of a goddess. She has left her clan and position as a queen's guardian to follow her heart as a nomadic musician. A grand reckoning on the continent forces her to return to the way of the blade in her quest for vengeance and redemption. Jodie Turner-Smith was originally cast in that role. We told you about this. But she had to exit the series in April due to scheduling conflicts. Now, Yo will star as Skyam, the very last of her nomadic tribe of sword elves. No one can come close to her artistry with the blade, and no one carries as much loss with their heart. When a chance presents itself to retrieve a stolen sacred sword... Taken from her fallen tribe by nefarious means, she launches herself into a deadly quest that will change the outcome of the continent. Mm. Mm. So, a lot of Witcher stuff going on right in Netflix. Seriously. I mean, I that mean, seems to be their they franchise. They are riding that pony hard, boy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, following the debut of his zombie thriller, 
Army of the Dead at Netflix. Zack Snyder has set his next feature film at the streamer, a sci-fi epic called Rebel Moon. The film is a grand fantasy adventure centered around a young woman who gives the responsibility by peaceful colony on the outskirts of the galaxy to find warriors who can fend off the amending invasion of the crazy ass motherfuckers that are coming her way um <laughs> snyder reported a first look developed the project as the pitch for the star wars universe and that predated disney's 2020 acquisition of lucasfilm he began to refashion it into an original property while working on army of the dead the aim is to build out rebel mood as a franchise in the same way that snyder already has expanded the army of the dead universe with a pre film and an anime series snyder plans to start production on rebel moon in early 2022 no actors have been attached to this thing yet but i mean you can tell he's been thinking a lot about it so let me get this straight this started off as a as a star wars film that he pitched to disney i mean that he pitched to lucasfilm prior to being bought by disney so and then when that all went down he's like fuck it i'll just change it to an original movie not in the star wars universe that's really cool. It is. I mean, Rebel Moon, see? But you got to change it because I feel like Rebel Moon still kind of falls into that whole Star Wars kind of a thing or whatever. So maybe, I don't know. They That's badass, though. Snyder is a badass. That's yes. all I'm going to say. Hey, something is killing the children. Mm. No, no. Uh, that's the name of a thing, not, okay. not like a okay. statement. Something is killing the children, a Boom Studios horror comic, and one of the biggest indie titles currently on the shelves at the moment, apparently is getting a treatment thanks to Netflix. Trevor Macy and Mike Flanagan the duo behind Stephen King's adaptation of Dr. Sleep are co-writing and will executive produce a pilot. So that's interesting. Right, very. Uh, Cursed, the fantasy series that reimagined King Arthur through the eyes of Nime, uh, the young woman who winds up becoming the tragic lady of the lake, has been canceled at Netflix after one season on the streaming service. I mean, this doesn't surprise me because we've talked about it before this story has been told so many times from so many different perspectives so that one we agree with netflix yeah i i, I hope katherine langford picks up something real quick though i'm a huge fan of katherine langford i you know look, come on let's have her pop back up in the mcu yeah that's all i'm saying yeah yeah, as the older Tony Stark daughter, that'd be fine. Uh, Netflix has also cleaned house and canceled a slew of its comedies, including The Crew, Mr. Iglesias, Bonding, and Country Comfort. Now, both The Crew and Country Comfort had aired only one season. Netflix <laughs> loves to cancel after one season. While Bonding and Mr. Iglesias had both aired two seasons. Mm. So, Which is crazy. I guess that Netflix is still working with kevin smith and gabriel iglesias so they are other things are in the works but still mr iglesias was a good show so. it was it was assholes <laughs> uh netflix has acquired the global rights of toby meekin's horror thriller cursor Ooh. starring is a but our butterfield uh from sex education ola evans and eddie moshan and the film is a dark twist on the 1980s gaming obsession follows a broke college dropout who decides to play an obscure 1980s survival computer game in pursuit of an unclaimed a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar cash prize 
But the game curses her, and she is faced with dangerous choices and reality-warping challenges after the series of unexpected terrifying moments. She realizes she no longer is playing for money, but for her life. The game locks her into an inescapable cycle of mind-bending horror. Unstopping is not an option. It's play or die. Mm. So jumanji horror version i yeah 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 you know okay hey but you had me at 80s i'm always in on anything 80s that's all i'm just gonna say it i don't know if it'll be good but it's 80s netflix announced the stand-ups will return for a third season oh Three seasons. That's like epic at Netflix, guys. Good right. job. Good job. Uh, the season will comprom- uh, comprise of six half-hour specials from Brian Simpson, Dusty Slade, Janelle James, Mark Norman, Melissa Villasenor, and Naomi Experigen. The season will tape live this summer in New York City. So there you go. More comedy on the way. Exactly. Because Netflix is a joke. <laughs> Literally. But, yeah. Literally. Uh, Amazon's <laughs> Amazon Prime Video and IMDb TV have inked a multi-year licensing deal with the Universal Film Entertainment Group, bringing blockbusters like Jurassic World and F9 to the company's streaming platform under a new agreement. Prime Video will have an exclusive Play One window for UFEG's Slate, and of the live-action films in the U.S., starting with the 2022 release date slate. And it will also receive rights to a package of Universal's library movies. Notably, IMDb TV is still first AOAVOD service to secure network window rights from a major studio with Universal's 20-21 to movies, including F9, Sing 2, old and more set to live exclusively on amazon's premium free streaming service Mm. yeah so that that kind of falls under that deal that we were talking about earlier where universal was ripping all their stuff from hbo putting it onto the peacock but that 10 month window in between the four months and the four months i guess this falls into that where universal's movies can go onto other platforms so Sounds like it. Universal, man. I don't know what you're doing, but okay, everybody's benefiting, so that's good. Hey, did you like Chris Pratt's new movie, uh, The Tomorrow War? Apparently a lot of people did because Amazon Studios and Skydance are already in talks to produce a sequel to it. Damn. The current plan is for director Chris McKay, screenwriter Zach Dean, and stars Chris Pratt, Yvonne Strahansky, Sam Richardson, and more, including J.K. Simmons, to all return for a second go-around, but no cast deals are yet done. The first film debuted on Prime Video July 6th, Second in over 240 countries and various third-party viewership companies reported high ratings for the movie, saying that it was the uh, most watched top feature film on streaming platforms over the 4th of July holiday weekend. Nice. So, okay, I guess that's why it's getting a sequel. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, they paid out a shit ton of money for they that. They did. And I they mean, did. I'm glad they're receiving, they're literally reaping what they sow, so right? in a good way. There you go. Um, Amazon Studios is in late-stage discussions for an adaptation of Ian Reid's science fiction novel starring Sikorsky Roman, Lakeith Stanfield, and Paul Mascal. 
Now, the streamer is closing in on global rights and a competitive situation through the deal has yet to be signed. Film Nation is handling in international rights while the CAA uh, Media Finance and UTA's Independent Film Group are co-representing domestic rights. The deal is among the first major packs out of Cannes Film Festival, which officially kicked off on Tuesday. So, I mean, they kind of like got in that game quick, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of good stuff coming out of cans this year too so and we'll have all the updates as they're coming in probably more next week um but good that that's fantastic to hear um Kristen bell love Kristen bell she's apparently joining alice and janney love alice and janney and ben platt to star in the people we hate at the wedding mm. a comedy that sees amazon studio partnering with film nation to produce the film the story centers on a pair of struggling american siblings Alice, who's played by Kristen Bell, and Paul, by Ben Platt, who reluctantly agree to attend the wedding of their estranged, wealthy half-sister in the English countryside, alongside the mother, Donna, played by Alice and Janney. Over the course of the wedding week, the family's many skeletons are wrenched from the closet, and the unlikely reunion gives everyone the motivation to move their own lives forward. The, the company see it as a modern wedding comedy with broad appeal, hitting anyone with a slightly dysfunctional family or anyone who's been forced to attend a wedding they tried to avoid, which they hope is pretty much everyone. <laughs> Principal photography is due to commence in September in London. Look, you had me at Kristen Bell and Allison Janney. Right. Done. Sold. I'm, I'm watching it. It's going to be hilarious. Hell yeah. Well, now heading over to Apple, this next one is very interesting because we saw... I mean, everything that came out this past week. Hello Sunshine, the media company founded by Oscar winner Reese Witherspoon, is pursuing a possible sale. And the price for the company behind Big Little Lies and The Morning Show could hit at least $1 billion. Apple, where Witherspoon's The Morning Show appears, is one of the companies that has reportedly expressed interest in buying Hello Sunshine. Now, the company has uh, enlisted financial advisors to help it explore the possible sale, but it was not immediately clear how much uh, progr progress had been made or if it's one lone suitor was in the lead to land the company. But, I mean, yeah. There's so many things that are coming out of Hello Sunshine, so literally whoever gets it is about to make a shit ton of money. Yeah, and I feel like it's going to be an epic bidding war. I mean, if it they're already talking it, going for a billion, Apple's obviously got to be a front runner because they have a shit ton of money. But like you said, she's got shit everywhere. I mean, like on every streamer, she's got films. She's got like all kinds. So I, I feel like a lot of the studios are going to be going hard after Hello Sunshine. If that, yeah, I mean, and congratulations, Reese, right? Because you are showing how to get shit done. Exactly. You are a smart woman who, in front of and behind the camera, and if you become a billionaire, good for you. I think nobody deserves it more, in my opinion. Um, Lovecraft Country. Now, this is what I was talking about. Uh, creator Misha Green has signed a multi-year overall deal with Apple in a competitive situation. Under the deal, Green will create and develop television projects for Apple's streaming platform. So, they're going to be okay. And we still have more news about Lovecraft. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Now, this next one. 
Uh, the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks are coming up. So Apple TV Plus and the BBC will present 9-11 inside the president's war room mm. in September. Narrated by Jeff Daniels, of course. Uh, the documentary special tells the story of 9-11 through the eyes of the U.S. presidency, through unprecedented access to the key decision makers and who responded to the attacks. And it accounts the f- 12 hours after the strike and dives deep into the dilemmas of against-the-clock decision-making. Yeah, this is going to be powerful. I saw the list of people that they're actually – they've done interviews. And, I mean, it's like everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Don Rumsfeld, like uh, uh, George Bush himself. Like, I mean, just literally everybody. So to get that – I don't know. It's going to be powerful stuff. It is, man. I'm super excited. All right, now it is time for the top five segment, man, and we teased it earlier in the show. It is top five Meryl Strip movies. <sighs> this is a tough one because this is the most nominated woman in Oscar history. Everything she does is epic, so Literally. how do you pick five films? I mean, this was a really tough one. I, I mean, no doubt. So difficult, man, so difficult. Well, my number five? I mean, of course, everybody knows I'm a huge Leonardo DiCaprio fan. So, of course, we're going to mix the two together with Marvin's Room. Mm. Marvin's Room was such a great movie, man. This is literally one of the definitions of a classic. Like, oh, yeah. This is a must-see. Get out there and go see it. It's probably on a streaming platform right now. Oh, so. no doubt. No doubt. Okay, my number five is a lesser-known Meryl Streep movie, but I went with it because it's basically about an 80s rock star who's kind of moved on and passed but wants to get back into the life and come back to it it's called ricky and the flash now it's a fantastic meryl does some singing in it and she's it's epic rick springfield is in it um her daughter mamie gummer it plays her daughter in it um and it's just an absolutely amazing film it's it's about you know saying it's never too late to start over it's never too late to recapture the glory and and live the life that you want to live and it's a great message um and really fun film it's a you know one of those rare instances where you get to see meryl streep not in a dramatic role but actually doing some comedic fun stuff so definitely and i mean speaking of meryl streep not in a dramatic role doing some fun stuff mama mia oh yeah here i go again i mean it was so good guys i mean like this i to see her in like a musical performance is badass like she can literally tackle every single piece of filmmaking whether it be musicals whether it be film whether it be television like she just knocks all of it out of the park and so like I just it I really enjoyed it, especially the second one where they brought Lily James in because I mean you could definitely see that being her daughter. So yeah, Mama Mia, my number four. There you go. Okay, the rest of my list is all the drama. <laughs> yeah. And guys, she has starred with some legendary fucking actors mm-hmm. as well, right? So you got to have Meryl Streep, you got to have people to play off of her in legendary style, right? So my number four. Uh, one of the most, I, I mean, you talk to any woman, they'll put this on their list, I guarantee you, but it's fact. Bridges of Madison County with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Clint Eastwood. Um, it's a love story. Enough said. Clint Eastwood, Meryl <laughs> Streep. That's it. That's I all mean, you have to say. You know it's fucking good. I mean, there's no, like, you just have to watch it and you'll agree. I'm just saying. Exactly. Exactly. My number three goes to Julie and Julia with her and oh, Amy Adams. Yes. I mean, two phenomenal actors just 
bringing their A game. And I mean, of course, about food. We love food. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, of course, it's going to make it on one of our lists. So, Absolutely. Yes, Julie and Julia. Yeah, and she's brilliant as Julia Child. That she, she, is. she She's great at playing real people. She we'll, is. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> All right. So, my number three. Again, sticking with the legendary actress, you have to have legendary actors to go against The Post Mm. with Mr. Tom Hanks. Like, unbelievable uh, movie, real life, about the story of The Washington Post, and and, and just like, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's unbelievable. The acting is amazing. The writing is amazing. And the cast is amazing obviously so check that one out the post exactly that's why it's my number two i mean it's literally mom and dad of the entertainment industry i mean seriously they're just amazing man absolutely amazing okay my number two another hardcore hitter um jack nicholson with Meryl Streep in Sophie's Choice. Which love story do you love more Sophie's Choice with Nicholson or Bridges of Madison County with Eastwood I'm just saying, they're both hard to choose from, but my number two was Sophie's Choice because I'm a huge Nicholson fan. That said, I think Eastwood kicks his ass. But that's not, that's aside the point. This is about Meryl Streep. <laughs> and she's fucking great, and Sophie's Choice is amazing. Make sure you watch it. Yes, yes. Uh, honorable mention before I give you guys my number one is Manhattan. Going mm, way back in yes. the day, Meryl Streep, young as hell, and basically hating Woody Allen the whole time, which is hilarious. So, yeah, honorable mention. But my number one goes to Devil Wears Prada. Ooh. I mean, of course, of course, her and fucking what's-her-face. I mean, come on now. That's so good. I'm blanking on her name. Anne right Hathaway? Now. Anne Hathaway, yes. I mean, this was such a good movie. I'm happy Lil' Cam had me watch it because, I mean, it is a classic, a new-age classic. So And Vinny from Entourage. And Vinny from Entourage. I mean, come on. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt's yep, in it. Yep. Like, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. It's like brilliant. It's a great fucking, uh, it is a great movie. Worthy of being number one. My number one, because uh, I'm an 80s guy and this happened in the 80s and again, brilliant at playing real life people. I think probably her best performance. That's just me, but I would have to say maybe my favorite Meryl Streep performance of all time. I'm talking about Iron Lady, where she plays Margaret Thatcher. Mm. Oh my god. Fucking brilliant. I mean, Gillian Anderson did great on the on the crown. I thought she was a great, but, but I you can't touch Streep in Iron Lady as Margaret Thatcher. It's just the performance is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you swear to God you're watching Margaret Thatcher. I mean, it's it's insane how good it is. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Oh man, guys, tell us your top 5 Queen Meryl movies. We want to know because <laughs> she's a badass. I mean, there's so many out there that are just so heartwarming and so intense at the same time. It's true. So you got to let us know. Be sure to add us on social media. We love the fan interaction. Now, heading over to the box office recap. I mean, Fast and Furious was out. So, I mean, it did pretty well. I thought about go seeing it, but I hadn't seen the last one yet. So, I mean, you know, I didn't want to be lost in the storyline. Mm. I'm a John Cena fan, so of course I would want to see this one. Um, number one was <laughs> F9, The Fast Saga. It pulled in $7.3 million. Number two was The Boss Baby. Baby, the family business with 3.9 million. Number three was The Forever Purge with 3.2 million. 
Number four was Quiet Place Part 2 with 1.1. You still haven't seen that. I haven't. I need to go see it. Uh, And number five was The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. And I want to see that, but like you, I haven't seen the first one of that. So I want to – and I'm sure it's on a streamer. So I want to watch that and then go see because it looks freaking hysterical. Definitely, definitely. And uh, that one came in under a million, so – yeah, new movies that are coming out. Obviously, we talked about it. Black Widow. Everybody go see it. I think it's going to get pretty damn close, if not past $100 million. It's. I feel like it's going to get close. Yeah, I think the numbers will be revised yeah. and, it, and it will come in. Uh, Mender, uh, whatever that is. Uh, Space Jam Legacy comes out next week. So, Jason, what the fuck? Yeah, um, yeah, why you got that? Uh, I'm just kidding, bro. Uh, Pig also comes out next week and just a couple of others. So, I mean, you know, head to the theaters, man. They're open. Have a good time. Absolutely. Get some popcorn. Uh, movies you can still go see. Peter Rabbit Part 2. Uh, the Runaway. Zola. Spirit Untamed. Nobody. And Queen Bees. Mm. So, not about Beyonce. I don't think. <laughs> uh, now heading over to IMDb Pro Top Training <laughs> segment. You guys know. We love it. You guys know. Uh, the movie is Tomorrow. The Tomorrow War. I, we have to watch this movie. I mean, I, I guess so, right? We just told you about it. It's getting a sequel already. Yeah, so, so, I mean. Shit. We, we have to try it out. We have to try it out. By no surprise, the top trending TV show is Loki. And uh, Yvonne was something. Uh, so, you know. I mean, <laughs> it, it, the top trending star? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, and she is from, using my uh, handy dandy, uh, IMDb Pro, The Tomorrow War. Okay, so yeah. she's the female lead in The Tomorrow War. See, if we had watched it, we'd know that. We would know. But, but anyway, if you hadn't watched it and you needed to know, IMDb Pro. Exactly. So that's who that is. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy on episode 165 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We appreciate it. Be sure to follow the company on social media at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCalf Podcast. Yes. You can follow along with the podcast as well. You guys know you can follow us both personally on social media at JLo Fantastic and Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. And you guys know you should be subscribing to the podcast. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, I'm talking Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, we appreciate you. We're so close to 100 subscribers. And I mean, if anybody has a little insight on the YouTube analytics, we would love to know. <laughs> um, right? But yes, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest Crazy Ant notifications. And be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com. Com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear new gear out right uh, now great it looks so good great it bomb looks shirt. so good we got our film gear out as well we have pride gear we have something for everybody guys like i said it's true you will enjoy it you will enjoy it but i mean talking about marvel man that, that was honestly my one of my favorite parts of the show it's so fun every single time it's so fun and to dive into the contract stuff to try to wrap our brains around that and why they're doing that but i mean if it was solely for emily blunt that'd be crazy i i'm sticking with that theory (laughs) i'm just saying i'm sticking with that theory but like you i mean duh i mean all the marvel stuff always my favorite whenever we're talking superhero stuff and congratulations to disney because i mean this week alone proved that Marvel's going nowhere. No. Between Loki and Black Widow and all the success of everything, I mean, they're, they're 
the future is bright. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, we talked about multiple queens on the show. I mean, we covered Meryl Streep, uh, Beyonce, we mentioned her briefly. But of course, of course, we got to talk about the number one, the one, the only, Oprah! Oprah!